Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Jonathan. This is Jonathan Carlyle of the UHF 62nd. I was just calling about a repressed memory I had about the uh, Stanley Thermos, or more importantly, why I do not have one anymore. Um, I used to get up in the morning in the quiet slumber of the pre-dawn before anyone else was awake, probably before I was even awake, and I would prepare for work. And one of those things was I would use the Stanley Thermos to prepare hot chocolate. Just like everybody else would make coffee, I would use my hot chocolate and pretend I was an adult. Well, this one particular morning, I filled it halfway, put the powder in, and then continued to fill it while I drifted off into daydream land and uh, enjoying the smell, the wafting smell of the hot chocolate. Well, that smell didn't last too long, and it turned into the smell of like dirty hair and death. And I looked down to see the body of a dead mouse rise to the top of my thermos. I disposed of the body. I cleaned the thermos. My wife promised to clean the thermos 20 times. The thermos was practically brand new. I'd only used it just long enough to get it into my routine. I could never bring myself to ever use it again. Never ever. Just the thought that I'd come so close to just capping it off and taking it with me just haunts me to this day except for when I repress it. So I'm hoping I can repress it again, and I'm hoping you can too. Sorry about that. Goodbye. Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible, one minute at a time. Welcome, it's Friday, this is Chris. This is Jonathan. And this is Jonathan Carlisle. <laughs> oh, we finally made it to the end of the week. Jonathan's uh, torture ends today. <laughs> the, the minute begins with Ethan producing another floppy disk bum, and bum, ends bum. with him performing witchcraft. <laughs> witchcraft, I tell ya! <laughs> He's doing a duel. Ethan's going to show do a little sleight of hand shell game right in front of Krieger. He, uh, are you sure you don't mean this disc? And Krieger's like, you do not have the disc. I have the disc. <laughs> and Ethan st- stands in front of him with his really loud jacket, does a little hand motion, and poof, the poof. disc is gone. Like that. Yep. He Kaiser so says the disc. I got to get handed to him. I've looked it up everywhere. He learned this sleight of hand trick. That's impressive. It's a good trick. It's Just good that trick. that one shot or this whole thing? The the two that he does. Okay. The two where he does one where he uh, puts it in front of him and he moves both hands at the same time and then flicks his wrist and they're gone. And the second one is when he's smacking it back and forth in his hand. He then makes it disappear from both hands. Nice. It's pretty impressive. I, I, I'm sure it's a simple trick. And I, I looked it up online. One of the ways that you could do it is there's... um. It's attached to a cord, and when he flicks his arms up, he's actually pulling that cord. It's in his, it's like attached to him, and it's, it's, you notice his hand, his arms are bent. The second he straightens his arms, that disc goes into his sleeve because the straightening of it shortens the cord, and the cord can only go out a certain amount. So that's a pretty fun trick. The, the way he does it the other way, where he's smacking it in his hand, might even be a Foley trick where he doesn't actually have the disc in his hand. And then the Foley makes it sound like he has it when he's smacking. So we'll have to figure that out as we go through this minute. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. How magic is he? I like I like the Foley idea. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. 
when he's got his back to us, he could easily have just stuck that in his pants. And they have the foley where it sounds like he's still smacking it against his hand. And then, boom, it's gone. That's impressive because the sleeves on that jacket are very tight, like small. Yeah. So I wouldn't know where you would put it. This is not, this is very fashion forward for what he's normally wearing. Yeah. It seems like this might just be a magician's jacket. Like it's made to do tricks, mm. to do slide. Uh, is that why it's so loud? So it kind of covers whatever you're doing? I bet you, I, uh, you know, they're not using the sound from the room, but I bet <laughs> you for a, for a sleight of hand magician who's doing it out in front of people. Yes. There, I looked up a couple of magic shops and they have tricks where you can take discs. It's, it's mostly CDs now, obviously. You're not going to be making floppy discs disappear. But they do have CDs that you can learn how to palm. It's not palming because you can't palm a CD and you can't palm a floppy disk. It's pretty much you're making it go in your sleeves. That's the only place you can put it. Or he's really a magician. Magic is real, guys. No, he's like seventh level, so yeah, he might be. <laughs> so I like the the sound, the the foley or or whatever, because he's they they are constantly making that disc make noise. He's tapping it or he's tapping it on someone's head. Or he's shaking it, or he's slapping it between hands. Like it's, I think that's part of the magic trick is that they're they're constantly putting the noise of it in there. So us as the you viewer, assume we assume it's there. Yeah, and that's that's a good point to bring up. Let's talk about the slapping it against someone's forehead. He walks up to Krieger and takes the disc and smacks it against his forehead and says, "You know, you you weren't paying attention. Where did this disc come from? You know, he's that is not a good way." That's a good way to get stabbed in an argument with Krieger. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> with Krieger, who seems to have a lot of knives. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, if my knife was not in Virginia right now, I would stab you in the face. It would be right between your eyes. It's condescending. Yeah. I know that Krieger needs to be put in his place in this scene, and this is Ethan big-dogging him it, it, back down into his thing. But it's – I'm like, oh, God, don't – don't no, 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 don't hit him, don't hit him, don't hit him. Yeah, it's very much Maverick Ethan again. You know, that we had in the first few minutes of the movie. He's very cocky. Yeah, he's, he's back to Maverick, Ethan. Because he 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 had a mission that actually went well. Yeah. He lost no one. He only lost a knife. Yeah, so. well, he couldn't lose <laughs> anyone. It, it was just him in there. <laughs> wasn't even his knife, so he doesn't care. Well, he's, he's kind of, uh, I don't know how much we want to reveal, but he's kind of putting on a show, too. So, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of acting cocky. I wonder if he's, I wonder, I wonder how much of his cockiness is self-aware, if it's always as an act. Or if he just slips in and out of it. Yeah, it's hard to tell when you know when they shot this. Did they shoot these scenes in London? They shot all this stuff at the same time as they were shooting Emilio Estevez and these other shots. This was all done on London sound stages. So I'm wondering how much his character development came up. Because we're seeing Ethan at three different points in the movie that were probably all shot a couple of months, two or three months. So how far along in the process had he gotten? with his character yet. And this is definitely, we're getting back to cocky Ethan because now with cocky Ethan, we get better. Ethan cocky. Ethan is one step ahead of everyone. And for the rest of this movie, he will be one step ahead of everybody. Yeah. Whereas, but up until this point, until he got the new knock list, he's been behind by a step. He's behind Job. He's behind max. Now he's, he's back where he understands how the situation works. And I like that about this movie is that we our, our our main character we're seventy three seventy five minutes into this movie and we're now back to back to form and so the fourth act will be or third act will be st- super strong because Ethan is now top dog again yeah and he is now showing it by going after the scariest person on the team 
tapping him on the forehead with a floppy disk and telling him he's stupid for not knowing, of course I didn't give you the disk. I've had the disk all along. You have a different disk. I went down into that room with two discs and you don't know which one I have right now. Well, I mean, that's, that's even, that's even true. Like when, when they were in the vault, how much could uh, Krieger even see? Cause he was laying down on his back most of the time. He can only see what Ethan saw through the, through the Visco glasses. Oh, oh. So if Ethan's not looking at, if Ethan had a disc in his left hand and a disc in his right hand, he could put, he could have switched them without looking and Krieger would never know. So it's probably, it should be pretty easy to fool him. This is kind of a lot of showboating. It is a lot of showboating. I, I think, I, I think in this part of the movie, we are, it is our job now to understand that Krieger is not a good guy. I mean, he knocked the Bible on the floor for a guy. Oh, no, my goodness. Goodness Jeebers. That's, oh, my that's goodness. That's a no-no. Heavens to Betsy. The the script sometimes has been taking shortcuts with how we're supposed to know people. We already know Krieger was only in it for the money. We know Krieger didn't like the plan, and he'd rather do something else. But the fact that he was able to get all the equipment they needed and also was able to pull Ethan up and complete a successful mission. Krieger thinks he's on, he's top dog now. Yeah. He's thinking that, that Ethan couldn't have gotten away with his plan without him. Nope. And now he wants to go meet Max. Well, he doesn't know Max, but he wants to go meet the buyer, the buyer. So how much do you guys want to talk about what's going on based on what we know at the end of the movie and like who's on what side and everything? It. Well, I mean, Krieger and Claire are basically on the same team, right? Same yeah. side. Mm-hmm. So if he thinks he has the disc, I mean, that's good for them, I guess. But so he's, I guess he's pushing Ethan. Like he wants to go meet Max. He doesn't know who Max is, but he wants to meet the buyer. Is that, is that part of their plan or is this just Krieger being Krieger? I think it's Krieger being Krieger because it doesn't matter. He still trusts Claire at this point, or at least he's showing that he trusts Claire. In Claire's mind, he still trusts her. And Krieger making waves here seems like a kind of, it kind of derails the plan a little bit. I guess it really doesn't matter who has the knock list. If Krieger knew he had the real knock list, he just wants to get the max so he can get paid. Sure. If Claire's in on it too and also wants to get paid, she's already made plans with Krieger at this point, I assume, if we're talking about the rest of the movie. Right. She's already made plans with Krieger, and those plans are to, you know, I don't know where Luther is in this plan, but Ethan's definitely not part of the final plan. He is to be taken care of or cut out of it somehow. I don't think Luther is part of the plan at all. I think he's also going to be taken Well, sure, care of. but we don't know that. We don't yeah. know that from a story point of no, view yet. No, no. But we have noticed how much he was scared when he was actually you know, justifiably nervous when Ethan was stealing the knock list. Yeah. Whereas Krieger didn't care. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that Krieger is the scariest one on the team. But if it came down to Krieger and Luther, who would it be? Luther would destroy Krieger. Yep. I, I agree. Luther is a manhole cover with arms. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is huge. And just know just knowing that, you know, Ving Rames is a big dude. You know what? I think I think in reach, if we're gonna talk boxing, Jean Renault is probably gonna outreach him. But if it's grappling on the floor, I think Luther's gonna take him. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I I don't think uh Tom Cruise has a chance against either of these men. No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> he could fight Claire. He can. And he might not win. <laughs> no. 50-50. Yeah. Speaking of Claire, Ethan does, when he's doing his little Heidi trick, he does some inappropriate touching on Claire. Instead of just, you know, you walk up to the person who you want to, you know, when you make something disappear, the whole point of the trick is to make it reappear. Well, he walks up to Claire 
And instead of it going into pulling the disc out of Claire's pocket, he sticks his hand behind the small of her back on the inside of her jacket to magically have the uh, disc come out. Again, this is where this movie pushes some sort of bizarre three, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Not three-way. That's the wrong word. Triangle. Uh, Yeah, like some sort of love triangle between her and Ethan and her and Jim. It's it's still very off-putting. It yeah. is is weird. And if you, as much as she, I guess maybe she, uh, when she's in control of that, you know, when she's manipulating the situation, she's okay with it. But if you look at her in the background, after he pulls that disc out, like she closes herself up. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that was a little awkward. Yeah. I don't think she was expecting him to touch her. No. Bad touch. But then they do, you know, that's not this minute, but there's like weird touching between them later. Yes. There's a, we had mouth thumb in the first two minutes of the movie where she stuck, he stuck his thumb near her mouth and she kind of kissed it. And we're going to have <laughs> almost that same shot again. She's going to kiss his knuckles before they go on this mission. And we've talked about it before. They took out the scenes where they were more intimate, or at least it was inferred that they were intimate because test audiences hated it. Yeah. I hate, I hate it. I hate what they left in. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't understand why they left that part in. I would have been just fine with Claire just being a female character in this movie. Yeah. Just having an actual arc. But I don't want to go down that again. It, it's a, I remember watching this movie the first time and I think it still kind of hits me every time I watch the movie. But even at the very beginning when Jim is, uh, you know, talking to the team and, and then he says like, my wife, Claire, it's like, wow, that that seems really weird and forced. Like it it doesn't seem natural at all. Yeah. Just just the the pairing of the two of them in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was that definitely was, done yeah. by the uh studios. Yeah, we we talked about it before with many of our guests. One of them, Dawn, had talked about it. <laughs> we've we've talked about it with a lot of the uh with a lot of our female guests and the it's it's creepy. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's the age the age difference is disturbing enough and now you're creating another like she just lost her husband two days ago yeah in this movie and he's touching her in an inappropriate and it's definitely flirting yeah i know this is maybe one of the only times magic ever is used in flirting correctly (laughs) (laughs) there's no way to actually woo any one of the opposite sex or the same sex with magic nope sorry there's just no way if someone goes, hey, let me do a magic trick for you, you're not going to be like, I got to be with that guy. I got to be with that girl. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Speaking of sleight of hand and magic, here's a weird question, but I wanted to ask here. Um, what's your favorite magic slash sleight of hand movie? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it back magic. Magic goes too far into Harry Potter and stuff. What's your favorite practical? I almost said practical magic. The movie Practical <laughs> Magic. Okay, of what's the practical magic? What's your favorite part of that movie? No, we're not going to talk about that movie. Uh, what's your favorite sleight of hand movie? Oh, uh, this is. I guess this is probably going outside of that just a bit, but The Prestige. I like that one. Yep, yeah, that was going to I was going to say too. I also have written down The Prestige. Well, so there we go. You win, Jonathan. Awesome. <laughs> you get another sticker. I will send that to you. Yeah. Yeah, I just love, um, I love physical, I love practical, I keep saying practical magic. <laughs> I love, I love magic on, I, you know what? I really do love the movie Practical Magic. It's so adorable. And the way they treat those kids, it's so cute. Uh, all right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'll put a link up to Practical Magic. We'll talk about it. Is that your next project? But, uh, 
The practical magic minute. Pre- practical minute. Mean, practical minute. No. <laughs> I will not be doing a witch movie as my. Maybe once no, we get I through, got, once we all get through all these Mission Impossible movies, I have four more of these after this. Five. Five so now. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to talk about magic. Now we can talk about the magic of the tech of the app, and the magic begins now. Did you guys feel that? That was the magic of the tech of the app intro. Music. Oh, gotcha. Thought it was Doug Henney. What's your tech of the app on this last? Now, this is where there's a wrinkle, Jonathan. Oh. You can do tech of the, it's tech of the app, but it's also tech of the week. Ooh. Ooh. You can completely not even say a tech of the app and say what your favorite tech was from the entire week. And that can be your tech of the week. I, well, if we were doing the app, I was going to say that the, the Foley work on the shaky disc, I like it's like, it's, it's like a weird, uh, constant thing throughout this entire minute. Um, yeah, it's a nice trick too. Yeah. It's a it's a fun old school way of making making a, a selling a selling a, a magic trick on a on on screen. Yeah. yeah, but I still really like those flip down 3D glasses, the clip ons. <laughs> so something that's not in the movie <laughs> is your tech of the app. Well, maybe it should tech be. of the week. Tech of the week. All right, you're a guest. You can do whatever you want with our vaguely defined <laughs> rules on this. Take it, yep. Go for it. Hey, I always wanted to be Dwayne Wayne for whatever reason. So that's good to know. But you, Chris, uh, I like his sleight of hand in this episode. I think I think that was really impressive. The tech of the week. Your tech of the week is sleight of hand. No, that's not. No, it's for this episode. My tech of the week. Chris, you're better than that. Come on, my man. tech of the week. Ah, uh, I, I enjoyed the the CGI knife. That was my favorite. CGI that's knife is a good one. one. For the tech of the week, I'm also going to go with a CGI knife because oh. it is so iconic. One, I mean, even Jonathan, who doesn't know knives, no, if you saw that knife, you'd be like, "That's the Mission Impossible knife." Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that one, and that one's not even real. That's not a knife. That's a, a, know, it's a knife. fake knife. And it's still, it's so good watching it fall. Yeah. And it doesn't take me out of the movie at all. No. Whereas so many CG shots from '95 and '96, other than Jurassic Park, took me out of the took takes you out of the movie because you're like. Oh, this is yeah. Because I mean, part know. of me thinks it's like it looks like a practical knife shot on a blue screen falling, and then they mm-hmm. they superimpose that. I never would have thought it was a CGI knife. Same here. I would like to know how much of that is, and I've looked up stuff about it, and I can't find a ton of information about the specifics because it's just just far enough away that there weren't a lot of they weren't ILM doesn't usually say how they build things because they don't want other people to do it. Like I was I was wondering if it was a three D model completely. Or if it was a three a real thing shaded, so that when it it looked like when it fell, it, they added shading so it looked like it was falling. So like they added like the reflection of the room. I would love to know how that how that was used. To I wish if someone out there knows, please email us or send us a tweet about it because we'd love to know exactly how this works and how much of the CG. When someone says it's CG, it doesn't always mean it's a hundred percent. No, I mean, that's that, why I think it's the tech of the week because I don't, I can't tell what's fake on it. So that's the best kind of computer graphics for yeah. me. I agree. I like it. Agreed. Well, that's a great way to end this. We all are in agreement. All in agreement. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for coming this week and 
being our guest and talking about all these goofy minutes. And uh, <laughs> I know you've got a couple of different podcast projects. Can you tell us something a little bit more about some of those projects? Yes. Uh, after the Princess Bride Minute was finished, uh, Steve Lasto, my co-host, and I have... Uh, have doubled up and so we're we're actually going different ways he's gonna do x minutes covering the x-men movies one well actually they're not doing minute at a time they're kind of doing scene by scene and because uh, they're a lot of x-men movies and they want to get through them and i'm going to be moving on with uh, a good friend of mine david johnson doing uhf 62nd oh, it's gonna be great cool. it's it's gonna be fun or at least we're having fun put it together so if anyone else has fun with it bonus <laughs> as long as you're having fun that's, that's what, what matters. matters yeah yep if you haven't listened to Princess Bride Minute, it's fantastic. I love it. I'm only about 25 episodes in. Oh, it goes downhill but- from there. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've heard the best. Okay, so don't listen to it after 25 episodes. <laughs> Got it. Well, until next week with another guest, I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. And I've been Jonathan. This minute will self-destruct. Boom.